Hello and welcome to the Made of People podcast. I'm Andy Kroll. This first season is brought to your ears as part of 2020's Alt Brighton Ruby. Thanks to Cookpad and Free Agent for their invaluable support and sponsorship through a weird year for me and the conference. In this podcast, I'm talking to speakers from this year's online event around the topic of their talk. The video of each talk will be linked from the show notes. Although if you haven't watched the talks, this will probably still make sense as a conversation between two humans in a weird time. Cookpad love Brighton Ruby and are supporting again for the fifth year running. They run the world's largest recipe community with over 100 million average monthly users, all on their Ruby platform. Learn more about them at cookpadteam.com. In this episode, I talk to Alison McMillan of GitHub and Ruby Central about trying to feel and be productive in a pandemic. Spoilers, there is no easy answer. The free agent team are a friendly bunch with a single goal, making small businesses happier and more successful by putting them in control of their finances with award-winning accounting software. Keep an eye on freeagent.com forward slash careers for upcoming roles. Hello, Alison. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you very much for your talk. I think one of the interesting things about this talk and the way it's delivered in this version of Brighton Ruby is it actually almost works better um, as a video because you keep telling people to pause and unpause. How did you find recording the video version rather than delivering it live? Recording a video version of a talk is always a little weird because you're not seeing the audience, you're not interacting with them. But the positive with this talk is that, again, because there are places where in person, I'll say, you have five minutes to do this. And then I'll just like literally stand super awkwardly on the stage watching the timer and sort of looking around, but not really doing anything. It's great to be able to, to deliver it on video where I can, you know, just say, okay, pause now. I guess the other thing that really stood out for me was was the section on goals. Goals can often feel highfalutin or scary. How do you look at goals for you within this sort of framework you've made? They're really interesting because I also think that a lot of people have this experience where they are just told to set goals right? Like that's a thing that you should do either for yourself or at work. You have a manager that's like, you should set some goals without any real understanding of how closely am I going to be held to these goals. So oftentimes I feel like people fall into this trap of setting goals that are not super useful. And then either if you set them for yourself, you sort of forget about them. Uh, And if you set them for work, the only time that you look at them is performance review season where you pull the them up and you're like, right? meeting, you're right? like, oh, <laughs> this is what I was supposed to accomplish this year. Hmm. Can I shove any of my accomplishments into this goal to say that <laughs> I accomplished it? Or can I just say like, oh, things changed, you know, so these goals actually aren't applicable anymore. People sort of get into this habit of goals being this pretty useless thing. But The way that I like to think about goals is, you know, I think it comes through in the talk is what are the things that you want to be saying in three months from now or six months from now or a year from now? What are the things that you want to say that you've like learned or done? The way that I also think about goals is they don't have to be completed 110%, right? Progress towards a goal is in and of itself a good thing. And so I think you know, especially now, it's really important to think about goals in that way, not just like, oh, I should like write a goal because goals are things that 
motivated people do. And this in this time of COVID, I want to be a motivated person, even though I don't even know how to do that right now. You know, so instead of thinking about it in that way, thinking about it more as like, what are the things that would help me feel good? What are the things that would help me feel like I'm progressing or learning or doing, et cetera? And and write that down, make it sort of broader, but figure out how you're going to get there. And then I think the other really important thing is that goals can be, they can be big or they can be small. Just because you have a small goal of today, I will take a walk or today I will brush my teeth or whatever. Like small goals are also are really important and definitely serve a purpose, especially in times like this, where sometimes you need to just feel like you're accomplishing those small things to even be able to give yourself the hope that you can accomplish a big thing. I'm very much on board. I could have grazed on this in my talk about the things I try and do every day. So every day I wake up early and I try and you know, do journal a bit and try and do a bit of yoga to save my 40 year old hips. And those are my goals. I came at it from, there's a great book called Atomic Habits, which is really good about the things that you try and do every day are votes for the person you want to be, which is another angle. You know, my goals are very, very small. It's like record the podcast at the time I said I was going to record it. It's basically, that's where I'm aiming these days. Um, are you taking your own advice? What sort of goals do you currently have for yourself? Brushing your teeth. I can even see on the pixelated video that we're using that you have brushed your teeth. What are you trying to do? Or are you trying to do very little? How's it working out for you, this whole thing? I've got both. And it's actually interesting because we're in our performance review cycle. So I'm actually working both for myself and with the folks that I work with on setting their annual goals and then what they want their goal for the next quarter to be. I am working on the same for myself. I I will say that I'm feeling pretty good actually about some of the goals that I accomplished this year, just in terms of supporting folks that work with me and some of the job stuff that I that I wanted to do. I think that I actually tend to be fairly good at the work goals. I am less good about the personal goals. My personal goals are literally go for a walk two days a week or something. Um, I don't know if this will be funny to others, but basically, so work is busy and I've got two little kids and I've been going for these nighttime walks where I get the kids into bed and at like, from like eight or 8.30 PM to like 9.30, I just like wander around the neighborhood. And it's always funny because there are like a couple of other folks that are wandering around the neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if we're all parents of small children. And this is literally the only time that, that we get to have our own thoughts. But sometimes as I'm wandering around the neighborhood, I think, huh, this is my life now. I wander around the neighborhood at 9 p.m. <laughs> like, just to meet my goal of taking a walk a couple of times a week. So yeah, in terms of taking my own advice, I'm much worse at the personal goals. I think the other thing though, at the end, I talk about assessing and reflection. And I will say that a, a few months ago, probably like six or nine months ago now, my husband and I put on our calendar, we do a quarterly celebration dinner is what we call it. And we've kept this going through like through current times, which has been good. But basically we get like nicer takeout and we don't eat dinner with the kids. We like wait until the kids are asleep and we like force ourselves to talk about the things, the good successful things that we've accomplished in the last three months. And 
I will tell you like those those conversations have changed a little bit since we've entered into COVID. Like I think our last one, we were like, both children are alive. <laughs> like <laughs> they're alive. We're doing okay. Like, you know, we've everyone's home all the time and there is not so much yelling. That is part of our celebration dinner. So now we've sorted that out, let's eat in silence. <laughs> 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 the other thing I was interested in as I went through, I wondered what sort of learner you were. How do you learn things? I am mostly a read-write learner, a little bit of a kinesthetic. Sometimes I just feel like there are certain things that I feel like I just need to do it to learn it. But I think mostly I'm a read-write learner. I take a lot of notes. I have a lot of lists. If I'm listening to a talk or something, or even if I'm pairing with someone and doing like kinesthetic thing where I'm typing, I will often have either a digital notebook up or just even a notebook to the side where I'm like writing down questions to ask myself, get code problems in the future or things that I want to dig deeper into or things that stand out. Because for me, writing it down is really helpful. Typing it is like, this is where I personally have a little bit of a conflict. I like for things to be digital because then they're easily searchable and I can review things that I've learned in the future. But it does sink in for me much more when I'm actually physically writing it into a notebook. So yeah, definitely a definitely a read-write, a smidge of kinesthetic. You were talking about setting goals with your team. Do you find there is extra things that you have to sort of pack into your mind when you're dealing with someone who learns differently does sharing learning styles with your team help you manage them and help them it's helping others be aware of what their learning style is and then knowing what works better right so if i know that somebody learns best by reading books as opposed to watching conference talks my expectation is that an action step there will be reading a book as opposed to oh i'm going to watch like five conference videos sometimes where it's helpful is like if somebody puts like doing a tutorial or watching a conference talk or whatever if we check in on their goals and they feel like they're not learning as much or they feel like they haven't been able to like get as into it there's a question there of oh you've been trying to read books. What if you watch this conference talk? Would that be better for you? And so sometimes you can also help because part of goal setting is then also that checking in and keeping yourself accountable. And I find that oftentimes if you have an, an action step that sometimes like you just can't finish it, no matter how much you want to do it and how much you try to, you just seem to never quite make time for it or you can never quite get into it. And for me, that's often a sign of like, okay, well, why? It's not that you're not capable of doing it, but maybe it's the wrong action step. Maybe it's the wrong approach towards the problem, towards the goal that you're trying to achieve. And so I think that's where it's really helpful is helping people figure that out. I often find because because I'm sort of a blended learner, I, I very much I read and then I'm quite kinesthetic when it sort of beds in. And then if I really want to know something, I write it down so I can explain it to somebody else. I watch a lot of conference talks. So I'll watch a conference talk and it'll often bring an idea together or I will know where in the talk there's stuff and go off and then do a bit more depth of research. So yeah, definitely like learning your own style and then different ways to attack that problem is super, super useful. 
And I think that it, not just with learning, but even just with how to get stuff done, right? I have to make a list. I have to make a to-do list. My to-do list is very organized. It's broken down on Sundays. I sit and I look at my to-do list and it's broken down by every day of the week and then weekends. And I will look at my meeting schedule for the week and my to-dos and I will sprinkle stuff in there based on, oh, this day I have a lot of meetings, which means that I will only be able to accomplish small one-off tasks, more administrative tasks. I won't be able to do any big thinking tasks. I like have to write it down to take it a step further into like that read, write sort of thing. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, what I need to do is actually pull out a piece of paper and write, these are the next six things that I need to accomplish on that piece of paper and cross them out as I do them. That's what helps me feel like I'm accomplishing things, et cetera. It's not enough to have that digital, but that feeds a lot into my read, write. I have to write it down, not just in learning, but also just getting things done, figuring out, do you need it to be told to you? Do you need to write it down? Do you want to manage a project board for what your to-dos are? All of those things are like different ways of getting things done that relate to your style. It's quite interesting. This, this talk's the meta talk for me, because knowing you a little as I do, <laughs> a lot of your talks are very organized. They're very well structured. And obviously like structure is something that you bring to your own life for your own mental health. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of your talks sort of pivot, I suppose, on you becoming a parent. And actually the first time I met you, you were literally, I think, babe in arms almost giving a talk Probably. <laughs> uh having sort of dragged your your son and your husband halfway across the world to sweden uh to give a talk i'm not aware particularly of talks that you gave before you had kids were you very different before did you have this structure before did you need that structure before how was it in the before before times <laughs> I always needed the structure I've always been like a list maker I think that I I had so much time. I had so much time. I just had so much time. Ah, the uh, lament of a parent. <laughs> I just had so much time and so much energy. And I've always done a lot of things, tackled a bunch of problems at once. And I think that in general, that requires just sort of being organized to make sure things don't fall off the radar. Or I'm not like, you know, dropping the ball on something. I think that where things changed is that like, I really had to figure out how to make the best use of my time. One of the most difficult things that I face these days is when I know that I need to get things done, but I just like sit at my computer or I just like stare at the to-do list and I just want to take a break. And what I've been trying to get better at is giving myself that break because if I'm trying to like use time effectively, sometimes that time needs to be used to give myself a full stop break. I will be able to accomplish my goals faster if I also make sure that I'm giving myself breaks and and doing that. After I became a parent, it feels like, okay, I have less time. I still want to accomplish a lot of things. It means that I have to use my time very wisely. And so I think that that's been the most important aspect. Or I think that's like been the thing that's maybe changed the most. It's just how I see how I see time and also how I see like what's necessary to get done. Really what does that priority order look like the knowledge you then have to schedule downtime or permit yourself downtime because it used to be yeah. that you would you know I'm, I'm similar like i do a bunch of extra stuff and you're like well i've got time to do that and then the, the downtime happens automatically because you 
have space to be hungover. You have space to have a nice long breakfast without somebody demanding extra toast. Yes. Uh, and yeah, that's the big realization is that you have to sort of defend that time. So, you know, whether it's Animal Crossing or staring a blank wall or going for a walk <laughs> in the middle of the night like a lunatic. <laughs> whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> whatever gets you through, right? That's That's the important part. And finally, I've been asking everybody this in these difficult and uncertain times. How are you doing? Are you happy? <laughs> how am I doing? Am I happy? Um, do, uh, you know, does everybody just say that they're doing fine? <laughs> no, no, not everyone. I think, uh, everyone says, yeah, they're fine. But they say it in the voice that means mostly. <laughs> We're fine. We... We tend to be on the the more careful side of things. We've got you know a couple of folks we interact with regularly that are that are in higher risk categories. So you know, so we we are definitely not participating in any of these reopening phases at all. Really, <laughs> like, we've just ordered more masks for our son because we're still trying to find a mask that fits him well. Right. No, because he's got a small head. <laughs> I don't know, but he's like in between sizes. What I've seen for masks is they make masks for children two to four and they make masks for children like five to eight or 10 or something. And he is like on the smaller side of five. So the four, like the two to four masks are like a little too small and the five to eight masks are a little too big. And masks are like, for kids are way more expensive than they should be. And like, it's not like we can go into a store and I can check out the size of masks. So it's just like, I just angrily order masks trying to find one or like a few that are going to fit him. Because like, if he even starts any sort of school in the fall, like I'm 95% sure that he's going to need to wear a mask. So, you know, we have a limited amount of time to figure this out, (laughs) but overall we're fine. I think we have our youngest is supposed to enter preschool in the fall and our oldest is supposed to enter kindergarten in the fall so I think the like the biggest thing that we're dealing with is we're just trying to be like well like who even knows what and we assume that we'll find out like you know a week before school is going to start what the actual situation is there so you know we're trying to be flexible we're trying to you know do interesting things on (laughs) So, you know, we're fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) In summary, everything is fine. (laughs) I brushed my teeth today. That's that's all we need to know. (laughs) There's nothing to see here. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for spending some time with me, Alison, and hopefully catch you up in real life at some point soon. Yes, indeed. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening. See you next time.